0: You're listening to The Big Iron Buzz. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of the Big Iron Buzz, where each week we'll bring you the latest news and trends in the ag, real estate, and used equipment markets. This podcast is brought to you by Big Iron Auctions and Realty, rural America's premier online unreserved auction site, bringing you rural connections, respected values, and real deals. I'm Drew Dolezal. I'm the host of today's show, and our guests today are Mark Stock and Kurt Campbell from Big Iron Auctions. Welcome, gentlemen. So, uh, first we'll uh, start with Kurt here. Kurt, you're new to the show, so I'd just like to take a little minute here to uh, introduce you to our audience. Um, tell us about yourself.
1: Well, good morning, Drew. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, the region manager for Big Iron Auctions here in the Mountain Region, but you know, I originated as a Nebraska farm boy, so uh, I made my way to uh, Wyoming in the, in the early 90s and attended auction school in the early 2000s. And then began in the auction, uh, on-site auction and traditional real estate business there. And, uh, and joined the Big Iron team shortly after I discovered that in, in 2009, 2010. And I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great customers in, in the panhandle of Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, Kansas, and, and Colorado. Uh, currently currently live in the uh, uh, northern Colorado area and sure, sure enjoy what we get to do here and help our customers with Big Iron
0: good um and maybe mark can chime in here a little bit what was it like uh when you what drew you to big iron what was it like when you first started and maybe talk a little bit about the early days when you were with them
1: you know uh it, it, exciting here and 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 some people i've been able to tell my story but how i discovered big iron is it was as competition and uh, being in the traditional on-site auction business i I saw Big Iron as competition and and began to discover how online auctions worked and and, and spent some time in the early days trying to prove an online auction method that it couldn't work. And and fortunately enough, uh, I I discovered how great of a team Big Iron is and and was able to join the company. And and as auctions developed and the online method continues to prove itself, uh, it it was certainly a great move 10 short years ago. Uh, as I discovered the Big Iron Auction Group.
2: Well, Kurt, uh, you know, we met, uh, you were in charge of one of our original on-site sales uh, for Gary Lather back in Casper, Wyoming. That was a few years back. That Was that in 2009?
1: Sir, that was, uh, I believe, if I remember the date correct, it was December 5th of 2010.
2: I just remember it being really windy because it never the wind never blows in Wyoming, and uh, it
1: was the only day.
2: Yeah, it was the only day that the wind blew there <laughs> in Wyoming, and I, I remember driving down the road uh, the highway there, and I saw these really tall snow fences, and um, yeah, when we were going down whatever highway that is between um, Cheyenne and Casper, I think, and yep. uh, I said, "Boy, they must get a lot of snow over here." He goes, "No, sir, that isn't that doesn't have anything to do with snow. Those are wind fences." <laughs>
1: stops the wind you know him, if, if you don't mind if i add into there uh, you know gary lathrop uh was in the john deere dealership business and and uh gary actually the the first the first auction that i got to help with after auction college was gary lathrop's uh, auction that he hosted in as a consignment auction in casper wyoming and uh so I, it was fortunate enough for me to uh, be involved uh, with stock auction and and gary lathrop for his closeout auction in in december of 2010
2: now why don't you tell us a little bit of kurt um i mean you started out as an independent sales rep and um uh, that was kind of a feast or famine period in your life wasn't it
1: yeah absolutely you know and, and as i early uh, mentioned there mark that when I discovered Big Iron, it was as competition, and and I discovered the method on how it works. So so I did. I I I left the the company that that I was was with selling real estate and auctions and a great company, uh, but I seen the value of a, of an online auction. So I joined as an independent sales rep, and as an independent sales rep, uh, our guys are responsible for creating and developing business as well as taking care of the the current business that that Big Iron has, and and it was go generate relationships and serve my customers. And so uh, the introduction of an online auction method in, in 2010 was, was, uh, some folks looked at me like I had three heads and, and cause it was unusual. And so we, we've been able to, to develop those relationships with customers and show them how an online auction works. So it's been very exciting because, because it was, I, I spent the first year of my career with big iron as an independent sales rep. And, uh, and, uh, and, and serving the state of Wyoming and and you know the the Panhandle of Nebraska, but but certainly uh, it was uh, a lot of work to be able to 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 meet all the customers as many as I could and show them the benefits of how an online auction was going to work in their operation.
2: So what I like about that experience, Kurt, is um, I mean you have walked the walk, and we've got a lot of new independent sales reps that listen to these podcasts. So. What words of encouragement or words of advice do you give somebody that just signed on here as an independent sales rep here with big iron?
1: Uh, gosh, I have, I have a lot of words, but I guess a couple of them that to be brief with it is, is you, you need to stay consistent. You need to remain positive and you need to promote everything, every seller, every item that you list, you need to promote yourself and, and you got to stay consistent. You got to stay strong. You cannot give up. I've seen so many uh, guys in the, in the past that, that, that they gave up one call early. Uh, If they'd made one more sales call, they would have earned that business or uh, one more month. They would have got that sale. They was waiting to get. So you can never give up. You cannot give up. You've got to just stay, stay strong and your customers are, are, expecting you to stay strong and stay consistent because they want to work with the guy that is consistent and works hard and is going to stay in the business.
2: So I'm, I'm hearing you say is you got to go, go back. Don't just stop and see somebody one time. And when they say no, not today, what does that mean to Kurt Campbell?
1: When, when, when a customer says no, not today, what they means is I don't have enough information yet. And so what that means is you need to go uh, if they say no, not today, or they say no, that just means they don't have enough information. You need to get more information. They need to learn more about you as a sales rep. They need to learn more about Big Iron. And uh, maybe as a sales rep, you don't know enough about them yet. So uh, you should be, be discovering more information about the customer that you're, that you're talking with and see how we can help. We can't help somebody if we don't know what they need.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. So then after a period of time being an ISR, Kurt, then uh, uh, We saw the gleam in your eye, and we said, I tell you what, I think this guy's got the potential makings of a district manager. So how many years were you a district manager, and what advice do you give to a a new district manager that's been brought on here uh, within the Big Iron organization?
1: Oh, gosh. As far as my tenure as a district manager, I believe uh, that was six years, perhaps seven. Uh, kind of losing track of time. I know we 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 celebrated a ten year ten year anniversary here with Big Iron just just a couple of short weeks ago. But uh, the 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 thing with being a district manager, I, I think there's a lot of things to learn. Uh, I I really have enjoyed learning people and learning how how to work with our customers. But as a district manager, um, learning some of the basics, the processes and procedures of how we do business, and uh, I think that that's very important um, and and we we are responsible for helping all the customers in our area so i really feel that that uh, the following through with that and and getting independent sales reps to join our team and and helping them help our customers because I, I there's only so many customers that uh, a district manager can help in a week. And uh, when he gets more independent sales reps to help him help all those customers, we can help so many more people, uh, liquidate assets or an equipment or whatever they're looking for. So um, in, in summary, I, I think the the, the part of, of district manager that was so exciting is just the fact that you get to get out on the field and see all the producers. You get to, you get to see everybody.
2: And what is that uh, district manager, as speaking from uh, you as being an ISR, what what value does that uh, district manager add to that ISR that's uh, working in those local uh, areas of responsibility?
1: Oh, the district manager is is the coach. He's your go to guy. He's the guy that has all the tools, and he is seeing other other uh helped other customers to help you provide solutions to your customers so there's so many different things that the district manager is aware of and and he, he's your coach and you know if you are the isr your district manager is your coach and he's the guy that's going to help you help you get through some of them tough decisions and and of course as an isr you got teammates and and to be able to work with your teammates and learn from each other uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of great opportunity there as well. but the the district manager is by far the coach. Unfortunately, sometimes the coach needs to pull you out and sit you on the bench for a while, but uh, uh, that's that's so that we can provide the great service to our customers.
2: And out in the mountain region where you are at now as a region manager, so uh, you know here we go, six, five, six years as a district manager, once again, we've seen some kind of gleam in Kurt Campbell's eye. And we said, you know, I think this guy's got the making to take the next move higher. Um, uh, as, as you're now uh, into your 10 year, as in 10th or 11th year with, with Big Iron, what, what is your value proposition that has been the most successful for you to use when you find that new uh, ISR and you're coaching that new district manager and you're coaching and meeting with a new potential customer?
1: Oh, out of, out of all of our value propositions, um, you know, I, I think that it, it depends on what area you are in and which one has the most value. Uh, certainly, when when I look at it, the unreserved auction method is the greatest the greatest tool that we have because uh, that brings more buyers to our auction. That brings better market value to the equipment that that we are selling. And of course, when you when you add in the the honesty and the integrity, the transparency, the the lien-free, when you add in the no-buyers fees, um, with the dedicated marketing packages, when you add all those in, uh, there's so many different ways that that the value proposition can be unfolded and, and help help our ISRs show the local customers the true value of bigger and how we can get the best return on their equipment.
2: So I'll put you on the spot right now, Kurt Campbell. Um Let's go back in your memory bank and give me a story of one of the most unique and exciting uh, experiences you had working for one of your uh, mountain region sellers.
1: Oh man, that is kind of putting me on the spot. You know, we've had a lot of different, uh, a lot of different customers, so a lot of different different types of items. Uh, that is kind of putting me on the spot. With it, you know, some some of the most unique items, some of the most unique items we've we've sold uh, we sold at Lake Harvester um, for a customer in Western Colorado one time. Uh, that that was you that was a unique item in itself. Um, trying to trying to think of of uh, the whole situation. Uh, there was early early in my days. I know there was a customer that I worked uh, for that that lived in uh, Southern Wyoming. And uh, that was one of those that we had a lot of items that that actually I traveled there and and uh, the night before and, and and stayed there and got a half a night's sleep in my pickup to to be able to get started the next day. Uh, that was that was an exciting one. You know, gosh, there's so many people that I've been able to work with and help. Um, let, let, let me tell you this. This was this is a great story. This is a great story. One early on. Uh, I had a, a customer that, that uh, gosh, they would buy and sell equipment. They have a big, big ranch. Anyway, I was able to get them to uh, uh, sell equipment on Big Iron. They trusted me and trusted the Big Iron auction method. And uh, so I warned them that they may receive some phone calls. And uh, so I would check in with them every week, make sure that they're doing okay, and uh, make sure that the, and let them know what we were doing for our our to our, our work to to help promote and sell their equipment. And so the morning before or the, excuse me, the Monday before the Wednesday auction, I called him and I said, how are you doing? And I said, is everything going OK? And, and my sellers replies, he says, I don't think I'll ever sell on big iron again. And I said, oh, no, why not? And he starts chuckling and he says, I've had more phone calls from more people all over the United States because I've got nothing else done. And then he starts laughing even further. He says, I have had more fun talking with people from all over the United States, talking about this equipment. He said, I've really enjoyed talking with everybody. He says, I got to let you know, he said, there were uh, there was a gentleman from Kansas that was calling on my 7520 tractors he goes I got a couple of older, older, you know, the the old four wheel drive articulating 7520 tractors. I had a pair of them. He said the customer would call me and he goes, I told him that it's going to burn a corn oil a day if you're using it all day. He says, as we got farther into that conversation, the seller said that the buyer was trying to convince me that that tractor was not going to use a quart of oil. And so the seller says, after the fourth time that I told the buyer that this tractor is going to burn a quart of oil a day, the buyer finally agreed and says, okay, so what you're saying is this tractor will burn a quart of oil a day if you're using it all day. And the seller said, yes. And he goes, the seller says, I tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you buy this tractor and take it to Kansas and it does not burn a quarter oil a day when you use it all day, he goes, you just bring it back and I'll give you your money back. <laughs> and so, and so the buyer said, so what you're saying is, okay, I believe you now. And uh, the seller laughed and he said, I want to make sure you know exactly the ins and outs of my tractors and it'll burn a quarter oil a day. And so uh, that, that, that was probably one of the greatest stories early on because it shows the transparency of our auction and it shows what we expect from our sellers to tell the truth about the equipment. And, and, uh, and the buyers really expect that sometimes, you know, this buyer was trying to make, he was trying to make the equipment better than it was. Uh, and, and, and both of them sold for good money and the seller was very happy. So that, that was, that, that was kind of a long winded story, but boy, it sure was worth sharing.
2: Now I've got the flip side. Cause you know, as, uh, we have a lot of people listening to this that are sales, uh, independent sales reps with big iron. It's tough to walk away from a deal, isn't it, Kurt?
1: Oh, gosh, yes.
2: And how many times have you had to do that? And and why uh, did you do it?
1: Uh, sev- I have several times. And and, and, and I, one time in particular, I can remember, uh, I was on site with my auction agreement book and we were going through the auction terms and conditions and we got to the unreserved or the, the shill bidding part of our contract, which talks about everything sells with no reserve. You cannot bid on it. You cannot have someone bid on it for you. You can't have a friend or neighbor. And after reading that paragraph and I looked up at him and I said, do you understand that this is an unreserved auction? You cannot bid or have someone bid for you. And he goes, yeah, but that doesn't matter. How will you ever know? And I looked at him and I closed my auction agreement book and I said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, but I will not work for you. And uh, it took the, it took him by surprise because he thought that maybe I would just be okay with it, but it was a um, seventy five thousand dollar package uh, eight years ago, and I told him I would not work for him if he could not respect the terms of our unreserved auction terms, and I still believe that today. It doesn't matter how big the deal is if if uh, if, if if our buyer if our sellers don't agree with the terms and conditions of our auction then we don't need to work for them because our buyers expect they expect us to keep the terms and conditions of our auction to be unreserved and that's why our buyers have so much confidence to bid
2: and i thank you for those comments because that's uh, that's true to our platform that's the basis of uh, why this works uh, from all across the country and have you ever had a bargain on a sale kurt
1: Oh, you know, I tell you, I tell you what, the, the bigger the bigger our auctions get, it's harder to find that one bargain. But I'm telling you what I think there's a bargain on every sale, uh, no matter where the sale is. But I will let you know that there are fewer and fewer bargains. There's one on there somewhere. Uh, but you know, when you when you have the type of bidders that we have that are confident from all across the world, and, and mainly mainly the United States, guys know that if they're gonna get a, get a value. I mean, if, if there's something that is cheap of, of good value, they bid, they know they're going to get to write a check. So oftentimes there's no, there's no steals on Big air and there's people watching just waiting for them. Sometimes there's maybe one that's a little bit of a better value. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, typically, uh, I, I haven't seen any steals for a long time.
2: So give us a little pulse now on what's going on in the farm economy throughout your uh, region
1: you know it, it, it our region goes from western kansas to the to the wheat guys and the feedlot and the dairies into colorado and clear up into montana so there's a lot of different types of uh, climates and the different types of size of farms and everything along the lines um, you know in the front range of colorado in certain areas there's been a lot of good rain Things are looking good. Corn is out of the ground. Uh, you look into eastern Colorado; uh, they're getting the corn in. They could use a shot of rain. The wheat's a little tough. Um, you look into Wyoming. Wyoming looks as good as it's been in a while because it's it's green. Get up into Montana; guys are drilling some drilling their spring wheat, getting going. I think that uh, I think the producers are still producing. Our producers are still moving on. Uh, they're trying to uh, continue to feed America and continue with their operations. Uh, I do think that there are some concerns with the prices of commodities, and and certainly that's weighing heavy on a lot of our producers' minds. And I feel that they are going to continue working through it because this is their livelihood. This is what we they do. Um, and and uh, th- th- there'll be there'll be some discussions, I'm sure, as you, we get into uh, into uh, to this fall. But but we we hope that we. Can help everybody get through the tough times here that maybe they are having. But, but as far as a general consensus, everyone is continuing to uh, plant. They're continuing to work the fields. They're continuing to move forward because that's what they do.
2: Have they um, released? Uh, you know, you live in Johnstown, Colorado. First, tell us where that's at, and then uh, how has COVID nineteen affected that area where you live? And I think you're a you're a dad. And um, I'm, and I think you just had a birthday. So happy birthday. But uh, how has that affected, um, you know, the graduations, the 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 events in Colorado or Wyoming uh, that that uh, that is kind of unique or different than normal? Sure. You know, I. Um,
1: I, so, so first of all, so I live in a town called Johnstown, which is in the front range of Colorado, near Greeley and Loveland, um, and, and a good, uh, good farm ground there that is building lots of houses and lots of folks. And so the the COVID-19 has changed the things in the state of Colorado. It was at a, a stay-home order uh, beginning, I think, in, in, in March. And, of course, everyone had began to, to be more protective uh, as far as uh, the essential businesses were able to continue to operate and uh, the stores to, to, to get the necessities. Uh, restaurants were uh, delivery only. Um, uh, the schools have been on online type classes and, and they are not going back uh, to class this year, uh, neither in, in Colorado nor in Wyoming. Uh, both states have, have chosen to continue uh, finishing out the year on their online classes, which should conclude here probably in, in five to 10 days. But uh, it, it has affected mainly for that what i really notice with with kids um is is some are used to doing online studying and used to doing things uh from from their home while others do most of their studying in school and so it's teaching a lot of kids to do different things It's to teach them how to do studying different um as far as the the the, the people in, in the communities uh it's kind of a mixed bag um we we get out in the field and see customers and and we're continuing on with business and and uh, with with minimal minimal fear. There's other people that that certainly that that are feared more. Um, and uh, so we, what, how how we're able to serve them and be out there is we we're practicing safety and, and being as safe with the customers as, as they ask us to. And and certainly we we do our best. But we also know at the same time that our customers need equipment and our customers need us still to help them in their essential business.
2: And I'll just follow up on that too, just from the uh, main office perspective, our registrations on our website have just gone through the roof uh, because I'm sure in Colorado and Wyoming, as in a lot of these states, the bans for any large public gatherings uh, were all put into place. And if anybody was having an open outcry auction, that had all been postponed Now we are seeing uh, in a lot of the states are releasing or opening up some of those restrictions, and we are starting to see a few of those open outcry sales that were postponed, uh, you know, now trying to get rescheduled. But we've also noticed that a lot of these folks that had postponed sales, they started using Big Iron uh, to get their merchandise sold because they still wanted to get their equipment moved. Have you seen a lot of that in Colorado as well?
1: We, yeah, absolutely. We we've seen some of that move to from from a from a live on-site to online, um, and and the methods have been changing quite dramatically to uh, some other folks trying to incorporate an online method where maybe they haven't done it before. But we're seeing more influx of that equipment come in our direction because we have the experience and we're set up and we we have the. The, the team to, to put it together. You know, one thing I do want to say on that market that's hitting the top of my mind, when you talk about an on-site auction, oftentimes guys like an on-site auction, because they, they want folks to come to their place or they want to have an event or an or a celebration. And you know what? And that's fine. I mean, that, I think that uh, uh, if you have an estate or retirement or, or even a liquidation, any type of auction, you want to have a celebration. I think you deserve to have that. But I want to let you know that Big Iron, the sales team, and all the independent reps, and the district managers, and the region managers, and everyone, we're happy to accommodate you of that. And quite often, what we do is we host what we call as an equipment inspection days, uh, or you also may refer to it as an open house. But equipment inspection days, we also uh, encourage bidder registration at those, that we could come and help uh, help you register to bid. We also have bidder assistance on the on the auction day. So what I'm saying is oftentimes we'll be we could be on site uh as well we could have a barbecue as well we can have a, a lot of those great things that people maybe miss because of a traditional on-site auction but guess what when we have the amount of bidders that we have on big iron auctions even when we're having a party on site we're bringing the world to to your auction and and i don't know how you can compete with that that's the best of both worlds right there
2: well let's talk a, a little bit about some of your um your district manager, you just want to do a shout out to some of your district managers here, real quick, and then we'll mention a few pieces of equipment that uh, we can highlight here that are selling the next go around here on Big Iron.
1: Yeah, very good. And you know, and 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 a couple of things here that are coming up early. Doug Bender with his team in, in District 8 has got a lot of nice equipment coming up here in May, uh, several different packages. Um, and and uh, uh, just to mention a few of them, uh, you know, Nickel D and Cheyenne Wells. Colorado, uh, a large producing farm down there. And then and the ag business has got a pair of 2014 John Deere 4045R sprayers. Uh, those those are looking, I believe those are close to 2,000 hours on them with 1,200 gallon tanks. And uh, we are getting the, the documentation. Uh, I was told that they are one owner machines, but I want to provide the documentation before I continue on talking about that but uh they uh, those those are good machines take a look at them they also have a M 1326 grain cart uh, in addition uh, in cheyenne wells colorado is the cheyenne county road and bridge uh that is the road and bridge department there in 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 southeast colorado they're going to have a, a backhoe loader vibratory roller packer uh, as well as a trail king equipment trailer and then they also have this 95 kenworth uh t800 uh, day cab truck with a wet kit so take take a look at that. Uh, you know, Ted Shetman, he's he's our district manager in in western Kansas, and uh, he and his team have put together a retirement auction for Leonard Kleeman. He's at Lake in Kansas, and and take a look at this. This gentleman has a 1991 Case IH 7140 two-wheel drive tractor. Uh, the meters show an. Uh, Little over 3,000 hours on this unit. It, it's showing the Kansas sun on it, but the paint looks pretty good. It's a pretty clean tractor. It's kind of it's in its working clothes there on the auction site. So take a look at that. But it also has uh, some some trucks and some other items like this 81 Chevy grain truck, uh, tandem axle grain truck there. That that's a sweetheart of a 81 81 kind of truck there. So uh, you know uh, another another item that actually shares uh, shares both. Uh, uh, in in, outward, in our neck of the woods and your neck of the woods as, as well, Mark, is Scott Raven Camp uh, has a, a a Wisco Challenger uh, 2005 Wisco Challenger detach uh, tandem axle equipment trailer. So that that's on the auction. But in addition, he has several items in in eastern Nebraska. There are vertigree, a couple enclosed trailers and and a vehicle and a tractor and such. But, uh, another thing coming up, there's, there's a lot of nice equipment that's going to be coming up here in June Too, uh, Scott Keith and Kevin Bellamy are, are all listing equipment for nice packages coming up near the end of May and, and into June, Mark.
2: Well, I know Kurt, uh, you, uh, you have a good team put together. You do a nice job, um, educating and, and getting people the information they need to make a, to make a good, uh, decision when they're bidding. And, um, I know you've got finance companies that you work with. I know you work with several uh, uh, trucking companies. You're also trying to get into some business with some of these uh, oil field uh, stores. And I know that everybody's heard about the crude oil uh, situation. Um, Are you seeing anything affecting that business right now? And are we gonna see some packages of equipment coming out of that industry? Or is it not as complicated as it sounds?
1: You, you know, I, 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 a couple of things on that. Um, we we have been finding and, and helping some customers with some smaller construction packages and some pieces and and, and, and trucks along the lines. Uh, the, the, the crude oil um, is certainly a tough thing. You know, we've been through some booms and some busts, and this one in particular has been different in a sense that it, it it's like the guys, what they haven't seen, they haven't seen this type of bust before. So there are some companies... From from my investigation and, and, and visiting with my networks, there are some guys that, that are certainly going to need to liquidate. Uh, there's also some guys that are just holding on, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, a lot of the other um, companies, you know, and I have some folks, whether they be in, in, in Wyoming or Colorado, uh, in the DJ base, and those those guys are working. They're, they're able to move to maybe some civil and some aggregate type work versus building pads. so so the service guys there that are building uh, the oil field and in that industry they're certainly seeing some struggle i do anticipate that uh, we'll be able to help them and i hope that if, if if those guys are listening to this podcast that they take the chance and realize that the big iron has great buyers and we're very diverse we're very diverse we're uh, the type of equipment that we could sell and um, i certainly think that that uh, we have a lot of great teammates that can make that happen for them, whether, whether it be in North Dakota, Montana, Colorado, down into Texas. It doesn't matter. This whole line here, uh, we could certainly get to them guys. But I think there's going to be some opportunity there, and uh, we we dang sure have buyers for what those guys are looking to liquidate.
2: Well, that sounds real good. I know uh, I'll just finish off here, too, uh, with some of the items selling on May the 20th uh, that always catch a l- my attention, and right now we've got a 2011 Apache self-propelled sprayer that's selling in Beloit, Kansas for Wells Fargo Equipment Finance. That machine's showing about 1,900 hours. We also have a machine in Bethany, Missouri, also from Wells Fargo Equipment Finance. They've got a Hagee STS-12 self-propelled sprayer. That's got about 1,700 hours. That's coming right into season, folks, because a lot of this uh, corn and beans and uh, it's popping through the ground, and you got to get that post-application uh, put on there here real quick. We also have some nice combines that'll be selling. Uh, we also have some really nice tractors and loaders, and we've got such a wide variety of semi-trucks, uh, whether you want a day cab or whether you want a, a Peterbilt 379 triaxle that's selling in Garden Plain, Kansas for Lucas Jennings. Uh, we've, we've got a great selection of those, too. And don't forget about the haying equipment, whether you got a pull-type, Windrower or self-propelled windrower, folks we've got a lot of those as well and um, you know kurt i want to thank you very much for sticking with the company and being the leader that you are i know uh, i enjoy visiting with you all the time because you're uh, hey this is kurt campbell happy monday morning to you from the mountain region that's his sign on every monday morning when we have our conference calls so um, that consistency always pays off and uh, your positive influence in our organization and and uh, he's introduced a lot of us to the Optimus creed. So that's always good stuff too.
1: Thanks, Burke. I appreciate that. If you don't, if you don't mind, I want to add one more thing when you, uh, you were talking about hay equipment. Um, so, so the hay equipment uh, market now in this equipment has been is very strong. So I guess uh, a couple of things that I would encourage, uh, you know, the guys that are listening, if you're looking for hay equipment, get on the big iron auction site and check it out. If you for some reason didn't trade any hay equipment when you updated. now is the best time to cash in if you have hay equipment that you're not using uh contact us and we will be happy to turn that into cash because the market's really strong on that equipment right now
2: it sure is all right well thank you kurt, Thanks, kurt. well it's been a,
1: it's been a pleasure uh, being on the big iron team and by golly i, I uh, it uh i i appreciate every every person i've gotten to meet whether they be a buyer or seller and and everybody every piece of every teammate that we have so it's it's a lot of fun uh, on the big iron team for sure
2: and there's no there's no kidding around here uh kurt is very successful at what he does but you got to give a shout out to the better half kurt right
1: oh my gosh yeah i got it i got that wife barbara she uh she does a great job and she keeps the home fires burning when I'm gone and she makes sure that things are taken care of. But, you know, the other thing that she does really good is she listens to me and she really supports me. So I'm happy to have such a great wife.
0: Well, that's great, Kurt. Thank you again for joining our show. I'm just going to sign us off here and then we'll let you go. So that's our show for today, folks. I'd like to thank our guests, Mark Stock and Kurt Campbell, and remind everyone that the equipment that was mentioned today um, can be found on the May 20th auction Um, on BigIron.com. For the Big Iron Buzz, I'm Drew Dolezal. We'll catch you here next week.